Hello, welcome to the show. It is Tuesday, everybody. It is time once again to head back to the window with Scott and Scott. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Rochelle, senior handicapper over winnersandwiners.com. And together, we do this each and every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, as we do our best to help you guys uh, in your perilous journey as we all try to hack through the forest and head back to the window. Scott, head back to the window yesterday. How'd your day go? I went well. I had the Devils and the Canucks over five and a half as my play of the day. Whether you got it at five and a half, six, six and a half, didn't matter. They scored nine goals. Eight. So it, was a, it was a fun game. Yeah, you could have got eight and a half. You won that too. Never in doubt. It was nice to uh, win to start the week. Outstanding. Uh, no, not so much. The only victory that I had was the North Carolina over, which uh, we might talk about that here in just a minute. And I uh, played right into the teeth of UMass as far as an under goes, and that did not go well as uh, the UMass defense did what the UMass defense does. They they made Fordham look good, Scott. They let Fordham put up 80. And, uh, you got to trust the system. Man. Yeah. Well, it wasn't a system play. That was my problem. No, that's the problem. I'm saying you got to trust the system. I know. I know. And then we took Charlotte in what had been a pretty good spot. You and I talked about that game yesterday, and uh, we both liked Charlotte. That did not work out so well against the Bucks, who decided to play some real basketball. So it looked good for a quarter. Huh? Huh? Yeah. They got outscored by I think it was twenty three in the second quarter, which isn't exactly ideal, but yeah, it was a problem at halftime. So, um, and then of course, you and I had to give a little bit back yesterday. had to Had to go out there and carve off a little piece of land as one of our more uh, trustworthy unders didn't cash yesterday in the Mountain West. That Mountain West Conference just kicks my ass every time I'm on it. I don't know. Damn man. Fresno. Can't get a stop? Can't get one stop against New Mexico? No, apparently they can't. Can't. There's a, yeah. So, yeah, not good. But you know what? That's what Tuesday's for. This is the first, like, real day of the tournament, and we've got three different conference tournaments firing up. You and I have... There tournament games yesterday. There was, there was just one tournament game yesterday? Just, just the play-in game in the neck. Yep. That was it? That was That's it. Okay. Yep. Just the, the Fairleigh Dickinson... You and I look like geniuses for most of that game until we weren't. They choked that up so hard. Jesus, because a couple of people asked about that game. We said it looked like a home-and-home home type of situation, and that's exactly what it was for about 30 minutes or so. Yeah. And then uh, FD done FD'd it up, and there you go. Bob's your uncle. And it's, uh, who'd they play? Oh, the Central Connecticut. Central Connecticut going to the little dance. <laughs> going to the conference tournament, so... Congrats. respect on the on the blue dukes congratulations blue devils. congratulations to the not those blue devils way to go guys uh, of course we want you to like and subscribe today and, you know well not just today but every day man are we uh we've been having people pound the subscribe button so that's cool we put on like 100 subscribers in the last three days keep it up keep it up we'll try to keep it up as well and uh it's very high stakes today scott because if you don't like and subscribe one of you is suiting up for IUPUI. Down to five players, buddy. It's time to. Uh, you think you think like the water boy and the equipment manager. You think they brought their their shorts, their kit with them? They call, can you call it a kit in college basketball? You think they brought their? I'm curious how many of the team managers they had to call <laughs> just to get them an extra pair of jerseys in case something happened. So, just to ask, by the way, assuming. Of course, you don't root for an injury. Right. But assuming that one of IUPUI's players gets injured. Right. They're just playing with four? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now, here's what I don't know. Because I did some research on the rule, and in my research, I was reminded of the Louisiana Tech game where everybody came off the bench for a brawl a few years back. 
and they actually only had four players that had to finish the game. See, I thought you were going to talk about the Colin Sexton, Alabama, Minnesota game where overtime Minnesota, Alabama had three guys and had to play five on three in overtime. I forgot about that, but yeah. So, which is an all time moment there. I think Sexton, they lost the game, but I'm pretty sure Sexton had like 42 or something. Yeah. It's an all time weird moment in college basketball. Yeah. Very, very weird indeed. And I, yeah, I had forgotten about that. So, what I don't know is if one of them, like you know, because you know they twist an ankle, you get poked in an eye, you get a, you get a little uh, you get a little service from the trainer or whatever, and you're good to go. So what I don't know is if they go to four, if they can go back to five. I couldn't find that anywhere. So yeah, I don't know. Anyway, it's good to be here. Should be a fun game. That's my play of the day, by the way. The uh, fade in the IUPUI five players. I just can't do it. Um, Bruce Hayward's in the house. Unknown entity here. Brandon Kubas. Uh, Brandon Kubas stop, stop by. I did my I did my play of the day live yesterday, just to put it put it on the a different system because OBS is dead to me. It was actually very funny, by the way, because I was up while you were doing the actual live stream, right? And I wasn't sure if I should be a dick and just like crash the live stream. Yeah, that would have been just, a like, dick. Enter the comment section. I, I didn't think you'd look at the comment section anyway. No, I was in case anybody stopped by. I, I was, I was. I just thought it'd be kind of funny, but I ended up not doing it. You see, winners and whiners show up. Like, are you out of your mind? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> about right. Um, G Money says Hofster half court buzzer beater helped my three team parlay. Very nice. First half Hofster minus three. First half Florida minus a half, and the Maple Leafs minus one and a half. Well, we were right about we were right about Hofstra not covering the full game. Yeah. Skin of the teeth. They ended up winning by five. They were supposed to cover five and a half, but it's a good win for Hofstra. Good bounce back by the pride, but I'm not going to lay points with that team. I just can't do it. Brandon Kumas has a solid goal in mind. It's time to start making money. That'll uh, that I'll end up losing in Vegas for March Madness. Let's grow that. If bankroll. you make enough money leading up to your Vegas trip, the Vegas tip is the Vegas trip is free. So keep that in mind. Uh, Bruce, I've got Oakland to cover. I've got Oakland minus the 23 with IUPUI only suiting up five guys. And they beat them by 33 on the road when they IUPUI used 10 guys. So if you go by that logic, they should beat them by 66. <laughs> they tri they trimmed the fat off of the team. They stuck to the main core it, five guys. It, that, that's not that's not at all what happened. Yeah. They're they no, not at all missing two serious scores. Uh, Bruce also asking about Detroit Mercy. I have to plead the fifth on that one because, as you know, I have some action on the tournament, so I can't talk about that. You have Green Bay with a uh, a futures ticket there at what plus five hundred or five hundred to one five hundred to one. I mean, yeah. Are they going to win? Absolutely not. They might, maybe they could win today, maybe, but as a whole, it's five hundred to one. You're going to give me a couple of teams with the same odds as IUPUI. I consider that instant value, so I took it. <laughs> That's how I'm, I'm going to I'm going to be able to look at myself in the mirror when I lose that and Robert Morris and go to my grave. Saying they had the same they had the same odds as IUPUI. It's gonna be my ultimate alibi excuse when they both lose. Right. But yeah, we're gonna see what happens. Uh Mercy favored by 10. Green Bay beat him about a month ago. Um in Green Bay, of course, as a uh, five point dog. It's the Horizon League, man. Anything, Crazy things happen in the Horizon League. Anything can happen. And of course, this is a uh this is a kind of a high this is a hybrid tournament where it's it's home for the first two, I believe, in the last two rounds or yeah. In Indy, I do know that part for sure. Um, Detroit coming off a bad loss there to Fort Wayne. Uh, you're going to abstain. I think it's going to be too many points. 
I think I would lean to Green Bay anyway. Just yeah, because I think it's... I'm not a big fan of this Detroit Mercy team. Well, I've mentioned it numerous times on this show. They have one really good player. They have Antoine Davis, who's the coach's son. That's the only reason why they're even, I'd say, mediocre this season. If he has an off night, they're screwed pretty much to anybody they play. Now, Green Bay, of course, is awful. Like, they have a win or two against IUPUI, which helps pad their numbers, but it does seem like a few too many points. They could potentially kill them, but Davis needs to probably go for 30 if they're going to cover. I'm hoping Green Bay just double teams them and forces somebody else to beat them. Okay, good enough. Because, uh, you know, uh, Green Bay shot pretty well last time. So we'll see yeah. what this Mercy defense can do. Uh, Mercy is great at home, JB. You're absolutely right. They're 7-1 against the number. How do you yeah, guys like... I've mentioned this time and time again, though. The Horizon League basketball is just Mac football. You just have no idea what the hell's going to happen. No. Enjoy the ride. That's pretty much all I got to say about the tournament. Uh, very good. Uh, Bronco Devil took Oakland minus 19. That's a great number. It's 23 now. Well, uh, he teased it. So. Wisconsin plus seven. Uh, oh, teaser. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Four-point teaser then. Yeah, Wisconsin plus seven. Yeah, I, I actually am curious about the Wisconsin that. line, which which Bronco bought, uh, brought up. Of course, he brought up the teaser line, but we mentioned this a bit before we went on air. I'm a little bit surprised at this line. Purdue, of course, is the more talented team. That's been the case all season long. However, Wisconsin has been playing really well lately. You look at the actual resume this season, Wisconsin really doesn't have any bad losses. Their worst loss was a home game against Rutgers, which they avenged on the road, and Rutgers is a tournament team. So Wisconsin's been pretty consistent. Purdue's been struggling a bit lately, but Wisconsin beat Purdue in Purdue, and now Purdue's laying three at the Kohl Center. Does that make sense to you? That line seems a little bit off. It does. It, it makes percent. It makes sense if you think about the perception of Purdue, the betting public, I understand the line. Uh, I think there could be a little value there on the Badgers, though. Uh, people, I think there is. Uh, people asking about um, Kansas. As do I like Kansas? Uh, well, I'm a graduate of the University of Missouri. My son went to K State, so I fucking hate Kansas. But uh, tonight, I got a, I got a hunch, Scott, that they're going to unload on this TCU team. I know this TCU team has been playing uh, pretty good basketball, at least winning two of their last three. Are they in the field right now? I, th- uh, I don't remember. I, they're on the I, they're borderline. Be- no matter what, if they're in or not, they're clearly on the ball. I believe they are. They've got some nice wins. Um, they've got you know wins over Iowa State. And, uh, they lost. They lost to Kansas State though, right? They did lose to Kansas State by twelve. Yeah, that was a that was a killer. That was a home game. I think I think Kansas unloads on this team. That's somebody asking about that. Uh, they should. I mean, especially with Kansas' awful loss. I mean, you knew that Baylor is a very tough team to play against. You knew that Baylor was still missing a couple of guys. You figured Kansas might, I'd say, continue some of that success they had against uh, Kansas State earlier last week, and that didn't happen. It seems like a pretty good bounce-back spot, but the Big 12 this season has really been a very tough, I'd say, place to win on the road or tough conference to win on the road by a decent margin. No question. I'm going to go with Kansas. This is not going to be sweat-free, though. I think this will be a close game. I think Kansas blows it open in the second half, wins by nine. No, I was going to say double digits, but yeah, okay. I'll meet you in the Something middle and say like nine. Uh, Brandon Kubas asking about Michigan-Michigan State. This Michigan State looked dead in the fucking water until they jumped up and beat Purdue last week, or you know, a couple days ago. 
Uh, I, still, I still don't like that Michigan State team. I, like, I don't either, but you know, this, about the time you think Michigan has a little something for somebody, they play a decent team and they do nothing. So yeah, I've got to lean Michigan here. I just because I, I dislike Michigan State more than I dislike Michigan, but it's close. I'll, I'll take Michigan I, at home. It's really a tough call because Michigan offensively is still pretty good. It's the defense that's been a concern. Right. Michigan State had the nice win, of course, but uh, Michigan State smacked them in the first meeting. It depends how much do you factor in a home court for a game like this. Because I'm assuming that on a neutral, Michigan State would be favored by, what do you think, like two, three? Maybe. Maybe Maybe less. something like that. Yep. On a neutral. So I know, I know it's going to be senior night, right? No. For Michigan? Nope. They got, not? they got one more game at home against Iowa. Okay. So I guess the question I'm asking is for a neutral – at being Michigan State minus two, minus two and a half, just in my head, maybe three. Is home court worth about six and a half, seven points? No. I don't know. Generally speaking, it's not. But I I just, I think Michigan's got, you know, a little something for them. That's a crapshoot for me, though. I'm not getting involved. Well, you assume after they got embarrassed in East Lansing, they'll put together a better performance. But I'm tired of assuming anything about this Michigan team. Mm-hmm. So. Absolutely true. Zach Vaughn says he got TCU plus 13 on a parlay. Need it close. Okay. I'm rooting for you. All right. KU by 12. Uh, somebody asking. I, I said by nine, so. Somebody asking, somebody asking about South Carolina over Mizzou. Yeah. Quanzo Martin's a dead man walking. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of that play. You? You should have been fired when they were down 30 to Liberty in the first half, like four months ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. Bad loss to Liberty. Bad loss to UMKC. Yeah. I didn't even say the loss. They were down like 30 in the first 15 minutes at home to Liberty. Yeah, like you, you can't keep your job after that. Ain't coming back. Um, what do you think there, bud? About what? The Mizzou game. The Mizzou game? Um, SC minus seven. Oh, boy. Been... South Carolina is not great. The truth is, South Carolina is 17-11. Maybe it's selective recall. I thought they were like below five hundred. Yeah, I did too. <laughs> I did, every time I look, well, I didn't up, think they I were... see them getting their ass kicked. Yeah, they're they're they do they don't do well against the great teams, but they yeah, do. Yeah, well I'm going with Georgia. South Carolina though. Yeah, that's. I bad. mean, Missouri is bad. South Carolina in my head is bad, but they're seventeen eleven. They're eleven and four at home. You mentioned that Martin's a dead man walking. I'm sure you agree that the players probably realize that. I have a I have a feeling morale is dangerously low over there in Mizzou. Yep. So agreed. I'm going to go with South Carolina. All right. Very good. All right. Let's do a couple more and then we'll get into uh, what happened last night. Somebody asking about uh, kind of the, one of the, one of the bigger games there. And you and I talked about this before the show as well. It's, the, it's Providence Villanova where the uh, regular season uh, conference champion is nine point dogs to uh, the homestanding Villanova Wildcats there, Scott. What's it was name? 10 on the overnight. Uh, I got it nine. I got nine and a half here. Consensus. What's your, uh, What's your feelings on this? Is there value with the the Friars? Are we are we a banana in the tailpipe here, buddy? Well, this kind of goes back to a game we talked about a, a week or two ago with Florida against Arkansas. And Florida was at home for that game, but we talked about how they had just beaten Auburn, number one team in the country, whole weekend to celebrate, probably hungover, right? That was kind of the gist of what we said about that game. Arkansas ended up covering on the road. Now this is a bit different. This is a bit different, but the hangover theory is still alive in this spot because Providence clinched the regular season title for the first time in a long time, and the question is, are they going to be hungover, both figuratively and literally, right. in this spot? I'm going to take the points. 
because even though I do think Villanova should fare pretty well here, Providence has just been so disrespected all season long. Right. And they just keep covering, or at least they just keep handling business. I am curious how much of the line is baked into Ken Palm's hatred of Providence because Providence is so disrespected according to that system. Luckiest, that luckiest team out there, buddy. Luckiest team. That's the thing, though. Do you want to lay nine and a half against the luckiest team in the country? I don't. I think Villanova, if you want to go by... By the way, that's not our subje- That's not our subjective opinion. That is according to Ken Palm. If you read Ken Palm, you know he does the luck factor. Providence Ken is number, Providence number one. should buy the lottery about five times over. But for me, this is a spot where if you are worried about the banana in the tailpipe and you are worried about the okie doke, take Villanova. But I'm going Providence. I'm suckered in. The truth is, I'm kind of biased. I just really like this Providence team. They're not going to win a title or anything. I just like the way that they play basketball. Man, here's Cooley's a very good coach. Here's the deal. You look at the last game, Villanova won by five, 89-84. That was at home for the Friars. Both of them shot really well from the floor. However, Villanova shot 47.8% from downtown. Friars shot 21.7. They should that they, was a nail biter. They had the same they had the same number of shots, eleven for twenty-three. Providence was five for twenty-three. So if you if you put those numbers equal or even at a, just a couple, an average night, Providence wins that game. So if they can shoot a little better from three, then, yeah, I'm, I got to take the points. I just have to. Sorry. This also sounds kind of crazy, but I do have to mention it, since the Big East is still held in a pretty high regard uh, just for the actual NCAA tournament. If Providence runs the table and they win the conference tournament, are they a one seed? They have to be. I have to I have to at least mention it, right? They've only got well, they only got three losses. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like I think if Wisconsin runs the table in the Big Ten, they might actually be a one seed. As crazy as that sounds, the point is, you can argue that Providence might be a bit hungover and might be celebrating. I'm sure Cooley wants a two or a one seed. I'm sure these players want the two or the one seed. So I don't really know how much I buy into the hangover factor. When your team still has March Madness seeding to play for. Agreed. And a win here could easily propel them to a two or a one worst case scenario. Am I picking them to win? No. But I'm not picking them to roll over and die before the game starts. I think that's crazy. Raptors Warriors parlay. Last one. Then we got to do it. Oh, Raptors Warriors parlay. Can Kyrie play um, in Toronto? He cannot, can he? I. Uh, that's a good question. I don't think he can. I think Can I think Canada still got it locked down pretty well. Oh, uh, let me just confirm that. Um uh, I, I mean, I think I'd like Toronto anyway. Yeah, Kyrie's out. Is deja vu all over again? I mean, they played yesterday and Toronto won by 33. I mean, I gotta go with the Raptors there. And for the late uh for the Wiz, uh Warriors, I don't know. Because Minnesota's on a back to back, but I really am not a fan of what I've seen from Golden State for the last couple of weeks. And I mentioned how the Warriors should have made a move at the deadline. Their bench still isn't very good. You can't give up a 23-1 to run at home in the fourth quarter. That can't happen. No, I, I guess I'm going Minnesota because I just think that at home, they're still undervalued. I'm going to go Minnesota. I don't, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. I mean, Warriors have only won four of their last nine, and they've only uh, covered one of those last nine games. So, yeah, and the only one that's – and that was against that, that – horrible portland team in transition from bad to worse so yeah yeah all right so let's do it let's uh by the, by the way sorry i see a couple questions about the uh, golden knights tonight against the sharks mm-hmm. i think it would just be puck line for me 
The Sharks beat the Islanders, congratulations. But against any team with a pulse, they've been awful. And we know Vegas has a lot of offensive firepower. They Vegas should win this game handily. You never know because these teams tend to play each other close, so there is a bit of a rivalry there. But on paper, Vegas really should win this game by two-plus goals, in my opinion. Very good. All right, let's uh, let's talk about what happened yesterday. Let's find out who took in the shorts, who took it to the bank, who's the winners, who's the whiners, who's got to pick up their cell phone and call the cops. All right, Scott, we talked about this one up top. This is the Syracuse-North Carolina game. Uh, it was could kind of be a double beat if you happen to have the under. That was a uh, that was an overtime win uh, for the other side. So sorry, um, I was on the other side. So yay! But if you had Syracuse plus eight and a half, they trailed by two points with five seconds left. You know how this works. They had a game tying shot with a second on the clock. Went to overtime. You've still got eight and a half points in overtime. I would say that probably comes in 90 plus percent of the time the overtime yeah ends 90 95 percent yeah uh, overtime lens uh, ends below nine but not last night because North Carolina ended up uh, outscoring them 14 to five I believe in overtime and they lose by nine congratulations if you had the orange plus eight and a half tough beat call the cops and looking at the NBA if you had the Cavaliers plus three and a half against the Timberwolves Tie game with 12 seconds left. Minnesota three-pointer. Cavs, of course, have the ball, and you're hoping that either they, well, potentially make a shot or at least drain the entire clock in the process. They missed the shot, and they fouled with three seconds left. Minnesota made both free throws. Cleveland went for a, a meaningless three-pointer. Blocked. Cavaliers lost by five. oof and if you had the Thunder team total over 111 and a half against the Kings, uh, they had 110 with 214 left. All you need is two lousy points, a couple of free throws, a, a bucket, a layup. a layup, yeah, anything. And I think you see where this is headed. They got nada, the big gooseroo, the nothing in the final 214. They finished with 110. Oof! If you had Thunder over 111 and a half, call the cops. Thunder, not a very good team. By the way, no cap. I do agree that uh, Minnesota did not exactly look that great against an injured Cleveland team. Cleveland's also very good, but Golden State could win this game. It might be a bit of an overreaction, but I'm really kind of just off this Golden State team, at least until Draymond comes back, because I've watched them play for the last couple of weeks. I'm really not that impressed. Are you? No, not the last couple of weeks. They have not been good at all. I'm... Uh... Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I've got I've got to see a little turnaround in that body of work before I start backing this Warriors team again. All right, so there was some good news out there. You know who you are. This is the people that had those nice, easy wins. They had nothing to do last night, Scott, but sit in the rocking chair. So the first one was actually my play of the day. If you had the Devils and the Canucks over, either five and a half, six, six and a half, whatever number you got, Three goals in the first period and five goals in the second period. You don't even have to watch the third. Nice and easy winner. Very good. Very good. If you had uh, Florida A&M against Southern. Oh, two very good bands, by the way. Under 137. Never had to worry about that. Each half had less than 56 points. Game landed 107. Yikes. Very good job there. You had it by 30. 
And the last one, if you like deja vu, they play again today. Uh, it's the Raptors minus three against the Nets, led by 23 at the half, and they won by 36. Uh, I feel bad for everybody with Nets futures right now. i got to admit, I really do. I really do. Well, KD's supposed to come back, and it really comes down to when Simmons might come back. But as a Nets fan, I don't really know how to feel because you're kind of just waiting, right? I mean, you're just playing the waiting game until your best player comes back and your third best player comes back who hasn't played a game in a year. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really know how to feel. You're kind of just waiting it out at this point. Yep. All right, let's do this real quick. We haven't done it in a while. Let's uh, let's find out who who made the players some money last night. I know somebody in the comment section had this guy. I think it was like thirty seven and a half or over PRAs. It was. Uh, well, I know <laughs> his point total was like thirty and a half. Um, uh, I can't I can't remember what PRA was, but it was a uh, man maybe maybe a forty and a half. But anyway, it forty was, and a half sounds right. It was uh, it was an easy victory. It was a rocking chair win because that's uh, this guy was definitely uh, the gambling hero of the day. you got buddy so it's gonna be memphis point guard john morant not just for the poster dunk on purtle not just for the 94 foot inbound alley-oop buzzer beater to end the first half but he had a franchise record 52 points against the spurs as he led the grizzlies to a 13 point win he needed most of those points because memphis was favored by eight and they won by 13 but morant went full nuclear is he the most entertaining player in the league? If he's not, he's guaranteed to be top three. There you go. Yep, great performance by Ja. And, uh, you know, we saw that last year with Trey Young as he pretty much single-handedly drugged him through the playoffs. We'll see if Morant can do the same thing, make any noise in the playoffs. I think I still think they're a player or two away, but you know see, what? I think they're a player or two away from beating a healthy Phoenix team. The really interesting series to me is if the standings currently hold place and you have Golden State, assuming they're healthy, against Memphis in seven. Are we sure Golden State wins that series? No. No, not at all. I, I think Memphis is extremely live in that series. Who re- who rebounds for Golden State? Because Memphis leads the NBA in rebounding. Who go, who goes and gets second chances for Golden State? Oh, Kavon Looney gets rebounds, but he can't shoot. So he, he'll get you a chance, just not him. Uh, that's really all they have. That, that's the problem. Wiseman, maybe. But that's the same question mark we've had for months. I'm not picking Memphis to make the finals. Right. But if you want to look at a team that can maybe sneak through, kind of like an Atlanta run last year that has a shot to make the finals, Memphis really has the majority of the pieces. And as a reminder, Dylan Brooks has barely played this year. I like I like how you say that like it's your original thought. It's not. It was it was you incepted it into my head. Okay. <laughs> like <laughs> Well, plus, I mean, I've been on podcasts talking about Memphis for a while, but I've kind of been... Hey, if it doesn't happen here, it doesn't happen. I'm saying I've been kind of pushing it a little bit aside because I still think a healthy Phoenix team would beat them. Yeah. But they really have all the pieces, or at least the majority of the pieces, in my opinion, to make a deep run. Okay. Well, we'll see. We'll see. That's a, It'd be a great story if they were if they were able to pull it off, so... Uh, very good. And do, 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 do. don't forget to check out our partners over there. At BetMGM, doing a great deal right now. Of course, they got the $1,000 risk-free bet where you put in at least 10 bucks and you bet up to a grand. And if you lose it, they'll match it. If you win it, you got yourself a winning bet. 
So it's basically risk-free for your first bet for new players only. Make sure it's available in your state. And, of course, they've also got the $10 bet. If anybody makes a three-pointer, you receive $200. So that's basically free money right there as well. That, of course, in the NBA. So make sure you check that out. All the details are in the show description. And you must be 21 to gamble. And, of course, it is uh, available only in states where BetMGM is available as well. So there you go. Um, <laughs> I see John Doe asking about the Richmond total of 132 against Dayton. I like the under. It's a spot where Dayton is one of the slowest teams in the country in terms of pace. Richmond is in the 200s. And you're expecting, of course, with the fact that Dayton is off a loss to LaSalle, which was a pretty embarrassing loss over the weekend. But defensively, they only gave up 62 in that game. So they're still, you know, buckling down defensively. The offense has been inconsistent. I'm looking at the under. I think you'll see a low-scoring grind between two teams that kind of really need to have this game, right? Yeah. Yeah, they, they really do. And, and Dayton played well last time. They beat, uh, you know, pretty pretty good St. Louis squad um, at home by two. That uh, that LaSalle loss, man, that just I, I just keep it's coming bad. back to that. Yeah, this is a... a a Dayton team that, uh, I mean, a Richmond team that can score some points, but generally against lesser competition. So I think I said Dayton beat St. Louis, by the way. It was, it was Richmond yeah. beat St. Louis, but you know what I meant. That was a low-scoring game, too. Yeah, uh, that was 134. So, yeah, I'm uh, for me, it's for me it's under a pass there because this Dayton defense, like I said, between them and their defense is still uh, very good. The, the only team that scored more than 62 points uh, since January the 15th is uh, St. Louis. Put up, put up seventy two yeah. at home. So, uh, I'd say you're gonna, I'd say you're going to keep this Richmond team below what once below sixty five. Yeah, I, I see this game being kind of similar to the LaSalle score. First team to sixty wins, probably gonna end somewhere in the one twenties. Yeah, if I had to guess. Yep, that's my that's my thought as well. Uh, USC Arizona, USC at home catching four in the hook from the Cats. Looking at the total, somebody wanted to know about the total, 149 and a half. I can't figure out this damn USC team, man. It's mm. the majority of the Pac-12, which I've been, of course, made pu- I've made it publicly known. You've hated them since August, since oh, we started talking about their football chances. You've hated the Pac-12. Pretty much. I, I did like Utah down the stretch, though, in football, in my defense. That's but true. Still, it's one of those situations where USC barely beats Oregon State. They need overtime. They look like a mess. They've lost to Stanford twice this year, and if they beat Oregon in Oregon. Right. So I don't really know what to evaluate about this team. Arizona should <laughs> kill this team if they're interested. Right. Like, I think I would just lay the points with Arizona. They're going to show up like they but, did against Colorado? Uh, you kind of hope they bounce back after Colorado. But then again, you know, the Buffaloes have always had a very interesting home court advantage with the altitude, and they usually play well in Boulder. They're not very good this year. But Arizona was extremely lucky to lose handily and not move down in the AP poll. Right. I kind of assume that Tommy Lloyd and company just lit into the players leading up to this game. Yep. I like Arizona to get the job done against a definitely inferior USC team. Do I like the over? Yeah, that's the question. I don't really know because USC is so bad at free throw shooting, they're going to kill you. I think I'm going to lean under. Just because I really do have questions on how easily USC is going to score against this team. My favorite play is Arizona, is Arizona though. You, you think Arizona bounces back there? I think they have to. 
And USC, even though they beat Oregon last game, they've kind of been leaking oil down the last down the stretch. So I'm going to go with Arizona. You? Um, you know, this is a USC team that uh, I don't know if you were looking at USC like South Carolina, but USC's won six straight. So uh, no, they didn't lose to Oregon State. I'm just I'm just saying that they have been looking. Let's just say not that impressive even in their wins. No, they, and they, they haven't covered. They, they don't cover. They had, they did have a nice win over UCLA. Um, that's, that's impressive. Yeah, they did. This is an Arizona team that beat them by nine last time there. And now, now we're looking at four and a half. Yeah. I think that's an over adjustment as far as the, as far as the total goes, I'm with you. I'm not sure what we're going to get from USC. I'm not sure if we're going to get over 65, really. 65 to 70? Does that give us enough? I think it's going to be close, but when one of these teams is so bad at free throw shooting, like what USC is, you're going to be miserable betting it over with this team. Yeah. And they're I, last in the conference, right? In free yeah, throw shooting? Yeah. And that's the, uh, this is an Arizona team that it doesn't, they don't foul a lot. Um, no. But USC is a team that they don't turn the ball over. So, yeah. And USC occasionally throws in a zone defense in there, which I'm not saying it's going to do much to stop Arizona, but we saw it with Syracuse yesterday. I know the game went over and overtime anyway, but the reason why it was trending under in regulation was because North Carolina kind of had no idea how to attack the zone, and they were just killing 20 seconds off the shot clock every single possession. Right. If you can slow the pace down and force Arizona to play in the half court, no matter how efficient they're going to be, I will lean to the under more than the over. Okay. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm I'm for the defensive matchup I think favors the under. And again, this is a pretty inconsistent USC defense especially against good squads, so they could drag them down in the mud with them. I'm I'm play the under there with you. Uh healthy Pistons over the Wizards on the money line says Jay Seaton. I don't hate it. I don't either. Detroit's been okay. I mean, you're looking at them past the All-Star break. They lost to Boston. But they covered. They had a nice buzzer beater winning overtime against Charlotte. Detroit's not a good team. Like, don't get me wrong. But you look at them when healthy with Grant and with Cade and even with Sadiq Bey, who's a pretty good shooter. They're not, holy crap, this team is abysmal. And I feel like as a result, they're a bit undervalued. I don't mind Detroit because they've been playing better lately. What does Washington have besides Kuzma? Really, that's it right now. Porzingis is doubtful for this one. Uh, of course, is he going to play the rest of the year? I'm like, I'm not even sure Porzingis is going to play the rest of the season. You know, I was surprised that he wasn't just listed as out. I was surprised he seemed doubtful. So that indicates to me that maybe he is going to play a little bit. But I agree with counting money over here, though. He wants a player prop on Kuzma over in points. I don't know who else is going to score for them. Right. So I don't mind Kuzma going for a double double here, going for 24 and 12. I mean, that's what he's done for the last couple of weeks. But I don't mind taking Detroit getting points against a Washington team that I think is kind of brutal. Yeah. Yep. Agreed. Not playing good ball right now at all. J.C. Stone says USC, Arizona, best not to bet. That's how I feel about it. Yeah. I'll I'll watch it. Yeah. But I would look for Arizona. It's one of those games that could go either way. But I'm going to go with the Wildcats. Mm, uh, Solid capping there. Could go either way. Thank you. All right. Very good. Um, Whether or not you agree with me, one of those two teams is going to cover. Does that, <laughs> does that help the breakdown? Yeah, it really does. Um, got a couple of uh, decent college basketball games tonight, Scott. You want you like to watch points being scored? How about a little Buffalo Toledo? 
First of Akron first. One sixty one now, right? It's at one sixty one now. That is correct, sir. I'm not taking an under. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm not going to take an under, man. Can't do it. It's one of those games where even if you think it's too high, your version of playing the under is finding another game to bet on. But it, I think it would take just man, a lot of a lot of guts to bet an under in that game. Toledo Toledo's nine things? and two to the under on Tuesday nights this season. Uh, it's, damn shame. <laughs> it's, it's hopefully Wednesday somewhere. But right. Yeah, for me, I'm looking at the over. It's really tough for me not to consider at least taking the over when each of these teams has a serious shot to get to 80. Yeah. I think both these teams will get to 80. So I think you're going to end up seeing um might be close, but hell, like 85-82, 85-83. You might even have an overtime draw in there. I'm looking at the over. See, dude, here's the deal. It landed 161 back in January. And Toledo shot, they shot 50%, 51% from the floor. Okay, that's fine. They shoot 25% from downtown. Uh, Buffalo shoots 37% from the floor. They did shoot 33% from beyond the arc. And it still landed 160. And it still landed 161, yeah. So anytime, you, if you think about taking an under there, uh, just look at that game. That's, 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 that's all I'm nuts. saying. It's, it's over a pass for me. Agreed. Agreed. Can Duke cover against the terrible Pitt team? I mentioned it for a potential farm play. We decided we decided to stick with the March theme and go with a conference tournament game. But I do like Duke tonight. Pittsburgh is so bad. I wrote to them against Miami. I said Miami should kill them. I believe they won that game by thirty. Duke just killed Syracuse on the road. Very good job there. I don't exactly like this Duke team but they're good enough to beat up on an awful team. Right. And holy crap, Pittsburgh's terrible. I'll take Duke to win by 20. Somebody wanted to know about the the combine odds. Any thoughts on the combine odds? You know I'm a huge combine guy, right? I did not know that. I will always try to middle the 40-yard dash times. I'm an absolute menace when it comes to middling 40-yard dash times. I've made a decent amount of money on that in the past. It was so bad at one point, I bet on the Wonderlick score. And I made a couple hundred bucks on Justin <laughs> Herbert a couple of years ago. So, yeah, I, I invest into the combine. It's mostly 40-yard dash times. That's really all you can usually get. But shop around. If you find a couple of books that might have maybe a tenth of a second difference in 40-yard dash times, maybe look for a middle. Because all it takes is one and you make a couple hundred bucks. So, I do bet the combine, but I only bet middles. Okay, very good. Um, I'm only finding one guy with a uh, forty yard dash time. What do you got? Drake London, four five three. Okay. I'm sorry, what's his number? Four five three. Okay, four five three. Uh, shop around if you can find a four four or four four three. Bet both. Yep. That's my advice for betting the combine. Yep, very good. Uh, and they've got fastest shuttle, fastest 40, fastest 60. The, those so, I think yeah. you just lose on. I, I can't bet the fastest. You can still middle. Those, you can still middle it. You can still middle, but I'm, I'm just saying that it, it's tough to when you have a group of guys. That's why I took the Wonderlick score for Herbert, because he was a TA, 4-5 GPA, all Pac-12 honors and academics. Like There was a reason why I took it. But when it comes to the actual who's going to do the best in this individual drill, you never know. 
So for me, I'd rather just stick to the individual times and trying to find a middle. That's just me. Okay. What did what did Herbert have? Do you know? The Wonderlick, I forgot. What's the max score again? Uh, it's like a 48? I think 50? It's, it's 50. I believe he had a 45, I think. But the point is they were grouping it with only X amount of players. So it wasn't the highest of anybody. It was the highest out of like five guys. And you were comparing him to SEC quarterbacks like Joe Burrow and like Tua. I'm like, they go to LSU and Alabama. The other one's all Pac-12 honors and academics. You're going to give me plus 150, I'm going to take it. And like, so there was logic behind it. But Who's the only, yeah, who's the only 50 in, in history? Do you know? It was a punter. It went to like Harvard. You're correct. It's Pat McAnally. I forgot the name of the guy. Pat McAnally. Okay. I think he I think he punted for uh, the Bengals, if I'm not mistaken. There's a couple of 49s. I forgot who got it. But, yeah, so I will bet the combine. Uh, Mike, See, Mike, Mike, Mike Mamula is the only one to get a 49. JC, you could say that betting the combine is a problem, but I'm not really betting it. I'm middling it. So it's not like I'm really taking a side. I'm just hoping it'll land somewhere in the middle. It's an investment. Yeah, that's what I call it. Fastest, fastest 40, uh, 429. I'd have to do... I'd have to do some research to see what the best team, what the best time has been at the last few combines. Before I, I, this is all requires research for me, and I've done none. What about you, uh, the under four two two, I would assume over. It's almost impossible to break a four two two. I mean, you're going down the line for guys who beat the time four two two. No, no four two nine. Wait, what? I've got four two nine. James says four two two. Well, there's a middle right there. Wait, are we talking about a player or the or the, talk, or the talk lowest about fastest, time of any? Talk about fastest time. I'm assuming you will not see a flat four two. So I'm looking at the over. Yeah, or four two two. If like you can, four two nine. If you can find four two two and another book with four two nine, sell the house. I mean, I, I would love to bet that middle. Yep, agree. So that that's what I'm looking at. I agree, super sly. I think Bo didn't Bo run the four two two. See, it's really tricky because they didn't use official times. They had the stopwatches. Right. But Bo was around a 4-1-4. Dion was around like a 4-1-9, I think. Okay. And then you had the Ross time, which was debatable like 4-1-9, I think. Usually, the fastest time is like a 4-2-5. Yeah. 4-2-7, something like that. Yeah, I played I played high school ball with a kid that ran 4-2-5, and I, least you know at least on stopwatches and uh, but if you can find a middle between 422 and 429 yes yes i will gladly dare somebody to go 42 because as far as i know you don't have tyreek hill jr in this class no nope i don't even know what tyreek ran i don't know that he went to, i don't think he didn't go to the combine he didn't go to the combine i don't think so he had I, those legal pro- yeah, those of, yeah, four- legal problems he went to the you know the directional school there in mississippi after getting kicked out of o state just saying, Chris Johnson's an all-time fast guy. He ran like a four-two-eight, like a four-two-four. Yep. Like it—it's a spot where four-two sounds like it's the achievable number. It's really not. You see a four-two once every what, like fifteen years? Yeah. What would what would Bolt run? That's a great question. Four ten. Yeah, give or take. Okay. Uh, Legend said Ben Johnson three seven seven. He was also on some performance enhancing stuff, but. You know. Okay. Be. Yeah. He I'll is. assume three nine. Okay. Maybe four flat. Four I think four flat would be the, the holy grail there for, for actual track guys. Yeah. 
All right, buddy. Well, let's get to it. We don't have any happy music to play today, but you know what? We have a new streak to start, so uh, it's conference tournament time for real. Let's get it fired up, shall we? It is time to get aboard your John Deere. Put your overalls on. Get that straw hat in place. Take those keys out. Rub that lucky rapid's foot. And Scott, do we have the right teams in this time? Uh, yes, we do. We decided that's we why. That's why. We, that's why we lost because you put Air Force in instead, right? In my defense, the under would have won if Air Force was substituted in. All right. Uh, real quick, THC is Riza wants to know about uh, Ball State first half. What do you think, buddy? Uh, I'm gonna go with Akron. I've I've been roasting this Akron team, and they're streaky, but they've actually been playing better lately. So for me, I'm just gonna stay away from that game. You? Okay. Yeah. Um. Not playing anything involved with an over with Akron. I'll tell you what. Somebody talked about the first half. I like. I, I'm always. You know. I'm always a sucker for the Akron first half. I'm not getting involved there, but I probably would. I'm just gonna pass. Akron, Akron. I roasted, and I think they've covered. I don't know if it's every game since I called them out, but it feels that way. Yep, it does. All right, so let's uh, let's do it, man. Let's get ready to uh, let's get ready to bet the farm, shall we? Uh, it's good to hear from the cash cow once again. Scott, what have we got fired up for today? It's your day. What's that? It's, it's your turn to do it. Oh, that's right. That's right. It didn't go It didn't go well last night, did it? Um, all right. Well, very good. Well, let's do it then. Uh, let's talk about uh, a little conference tournament game. Scott, what, con- what conference tournament is this? We're going to look at the A-Sun. The A-Sun. That's right, kids. The A-Sun. And we're going to take a look at... North Florida, the Ospreys, and Lipscomb. We're going to play the total here of 148.5. We are going to take the over, guys. That's available, of course, at minus 110 at BetMGM. And here is our case. First of all, Lipscomb ranks 61st in offensive tempo, according to Ken Palm. North Florida ranks 122. They both like to get up and go. North Florida attempts 27.8 three-pointers a game, by the way. They only attempt 56 shots per game, so literally almost half of their shots come from distance. If you think that sounds like a lot, it's because it is. It's 19th in the nation. Meanwhile, Liscomb three-point defense, not good. Uh, 38.5% is what they allow their opponents to shoot, and that is 338th in the country. And as far as their defensive efficiency goes, as you might guess, it isn't good either. They rank 331 in defensive efficiency, according to Ken Palm. North Florida, uh, not exactly uh, shutting them down, and not exactly Virginia, as uh, they rank 235th and these uh, 235. These teams did play once in the regular season. The game landed 151, and again, if you look at the shooting numbers there, they were not all that impressive. There is room for growth, and that is one of the reasons that we like this game very much. North Florida, Lipscomb over 148 and a half. We got to mention the one unwritten rule of conference tournaments. No, there's no margin that is safe from late game fouling. Desperation. Because it's a loser go home. Desperation. you You might see one of these teams up 15 with two and a half to go and the under or the overs in jeopardy and they start tackling guys. Mm hmm. Like, you will be extremely annoyed betting unders in conference tournaments, just sweating out the final three minutes of a game, which takes about 45 actual minutes. Absolutely true. Absolutely true. So we do like Bet the Farm there, North Florida and Lipscomb, over 148.5. That's going to do it for the farm. 
that's going to do it for the show. We do appreciate you guys stopping by. As always, don't forget to check out our pals over there at Just Parlays, Jim Williams and Chris King. Fucking killing it. Just killing it beyond belief. Get over there and check it out if you haven't done so already. Put some money in your pocket. And, of course, we do this show every day, 3 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Central, Monday through Friday. Scott and I, we will do our very best to help you guys in your journey to head back to the window. Take care, everybody. We will see you tomorrow.